0: What's that place you've always wanted to try Well, you're there sharing plates with just
1: one bite
0: or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good when you're with Amex. It's not if it's going to happen, but when American express don't live life without it with prices soaring at the pump, filling up can be stressful. That's why discover has your back with cash back. Use discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and target now through June, on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. We know every dollar matters right now, but you can count on us. Get up to $75 cash back this quarter with your Discover It card. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards.
1: Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. How are you today? Weather's beautiful here. I hope it's nice where you are. A little cloudy. But it is um, getting to the point where we're out of season, so i have more time to do this. Well, I should have more time to do this, be less traffic and all those things. But, um, this past weekend, or yesterday, actually, to be exact, we had a visitor at our house, Henry. And Henry was an eleventh month month old Maltese, kind of like a a sheep a tiny sheepdog. dog. Beautiful, a, a beautiful pet, very friendly, and who Henry was in relation to me was, it was one of my regulars at the bar. Uh, They used to bring their dog in. And, oh, they still bring their dog in. And when I met Henry, we had recently lost our beloved dog, Roxy. So I kind of bonded with Henry and I said to... uh, The owners, friends of mine, I say, hey, listen, if you ever need anybody to watch your dog, I'm your guy, or my family's the place you wanted to be. And they got a little idea, I think last week, that it might be a good idea, if they were planning to go anyplace, to give us a little acquaintance uh, visit with Henry, have him stay over a night. And we did that. We did that. They dropped off his little um, night cage that he sleeps in and his bowl, his bowls for his food and, and a little of his food and a little of his snacks. And we picked up some snacks for him too. And we hung out with Henry. And what we found out with Henry was that puppies are different. Now, we got our dog, Roxy, was two years old when we got her. Well, actually, my wife's ex-husband got him, got her over 12 years ago. And so she wasn't a puppy anymore. So I haven't dealt with a puppy in a long time. long, long time. Since I was 13, I think. I mean, taking care of one. I played with puppies. Yes, I'm not an animal. But they have a lot of energy. They like to be entertained. They were fun. I really kind of enjoyed it. Uh, Henry, and he's a very lovable dog. And we got him uh, a old stuffed animal from my daughter's collection, Tigger, the tiger from Winnie the Pooh. And Henry, besides, Henry really took to Tigger, really did. And in the beginning when we got Henry, the wife noticed that Henry, She was uh, besides him being a little boy, was that he it looked like he was going to start humping Abby's leg, but he he did it. But when we got Tigger, uh, Henry started humping Tigger. I mean, must have there must have been at least thirty times. When I say thirty times, not thirty thrust, I mean thirty separate times. It was very. I mean, he was very excited by Tigger. And then I just started thinking about, wow. I've always thought a dog had a very good life. But it was very unusual to um, really consider what uh, dogs think. I mean, they have consciousness. But what, what are their motivations? What do they like to do? Why why do they like to do it? We We know... Primarily some of their motivations like to eat with Henry's uh, circumstances Henry liked to uh, hump the stuffed animal tigger but and Henry wasn't that, that crazy about food he ate a little you know he wasn't eating all the time which is unusual I'm always used to dogs that just like to gobble up food all the time but Henry's motivation seemed to be very short term very how would you put it? ephemeral. And I thought, what a life. You know, he wants to play, he wants to eat, pretty much like any immature living being. They have really short-term goals. You know, I have to go to the bathroom, I got to eat, I got to play. In Henry's circumstance, I got to hump Tigger maybe 30 times. And it's a goals. They, the dogs don't really—you never think it's a possibility. Sometimes dogs may have a long-term goal. You may think, "Well, my goal is to you know live to like you know the dog live to like sixteen, and not get run over, and maybe have a girlfriend or two, or a boyfriend." You don't know. I don't know what the real thing is about if there's such a thing as gay dogs, but. And homosexuality starts in dogs, but who knows? I don't want to get caught up in that thing. And then I thought, wow, a lot of the motivations Henry had were my motivations. When I was, when I say younger, my, at least until uh, as late as my 20s and 30s. I like to drink. I like to get laid. I liked having a good time. But I didn't do a lot of long-term planning. And the title of the episode here is called reason of, raison d'etre. Raison d'etre is a French term, reason of being. I think Descartes contemplated that, the French philosopher. But what, what is your reason for existence? I mean, it must be an interesting question for if you go walk up to people and say to them in an informal poll and say, why are you here? Not here in front of me, but why are you, what's your purpose in life? What do you intend to do? Some people say, well, I intend to be a fireman, so I put out fires and save lives. Noble goal, noble goal, but um, not everyone has that. If you ask their question, they're saying, "Well, I work for I work for the county. I work for uh, planning, and I help people get zoning permits for building." Yeah, but what's your long term goal? Why? Uh, I mean, in the end of the day, if you had to ask someone who worked in a building department for a municipality and say, "Well, my my reason for being is to document." And streamline the process for zoning and getting permitting and permitting, and that may be enough for them. That may be enough. And when we're younger, we always think about those things. We get those. uh, You can tell by the costumes people wear on Halloween. Little girls want to be, you know, every so often you got to. Uh, I'm going to pick like witches, princesses, and and that could be like just a sign of power when being a witch, you are know, powerful, you have a secret power. Same thing with princess being famous or something more, you know, being dressed as a doctor. Little boys when they were younger would be cowboys and dressed as Indians and, and Firemen and police officers, astronauts, soldiers—all those things. But really, no question is: what's your reason for being? What is what? What do you want to be, and what do you want to come? Because I remember, as a child, I always wanted to. It's until I get, when I got into high school, that my uh, goals skewed towards becoming a naval officer my dad was an enlisted man and he always you know that he's i don't know for some reason it just caught my attention when i was younger but i knew what i wanted to be but i never thought about why i wanted to be it no one asked that question why do you want to be that I mean, you got to be able to answer that question is it you want to be an officer because you want to command people i mean that's not a really noble goal I mean, some people say, well, I'm going to keep my country safe. I'm going to do this by doing that, doing my job well, and being a good leader. Well, that's a good thats a good answer. But is it really what you want to do? Is it the thing that grabs your attention? Some people say, I want to be a baseball star. Why do you want to be a baseball star? Why do you want to be, well, I want to be really good at something I love. Well, that's, that's, that's a good start, and that's strategic thinking. Strategic thinking, and sadly, a lot of people don't have strategic thinking. They they have tactical goals that maybe not they're like a a Viking raiding party without any l- long range goal. Meaning, we're going to attack this city, we're going to loot it, we're going to grab the uh, grab all the uh, you know child bearing women and perhaps uh, all their wealth and some of their farm stocks, either animals or, or plants, and, we're going to t- and food, and we're going to take them with us. With the probably long-term strategic goal of having a thriving community. But it really, instead of... if Vikings really wanted to do that, right? They're just raiding. They were using tactical solutions to solve a long-term strategic goal, of keeping their... Um, keeping their uh, I'm sorry I'm going to have to move this because their guys are working in this area here so hopefully it won't be too, too loud there. You may hear that in the background. Let's hear not bad at all. So maybe I'll turn down the volume here. But getting back to that you know, more goal, and that's where nation-states come about, the the Vikings eventually established kingdoms and things like that. You have Norway, you have Sweden, you have Denmark. And they established their goal of a thriving society by building agriculture and relations with different countries and, and the military to defend themselves. So... That's the strategic goal, and we sometimes we forget about that. I'm saying it's really hard to do this here. I may have to move this over to the corner, maybe a little lower here. Um, so, okay. Well, maybe this will work here. Sorry about that. So. Oh, let me get my notes while I'm at it. Sorry for an interruption. I never considered that when I was growing up. I had—I figured my strategic goal being enough to focus on becoming an officer in the Navy was enough for me, and not necessarily what kind of officer—whether it was going to be a pilot or surface warfare or naval intelligence, right? I mean, real strategic goals are what do you in the end of the day, what are you going to do? What do you want to have accomplished? I mean, the intangibles of keeping your country safe, keeping your family happy, keeping them I mean, keeping them fed, clothed, and housed is not necessarily an intangible. It's actually concrete. But there's things that you know, like getting a a medal or being recognized for excellence—that that's a that's kind of a goal. But what what is the purpose in the end? Why would winning a medal and being, let's say, for someone like Tom Brady, winning all these Super Bowls and having these Super Bowl rings—what's the purpose in the end? He'll say, "Oh, I'm being the greatest quarterback." Here. There ever lived. Well, there were a lot of people that said, or there were other people that said that prior. Said, you know, Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas. Tons of people. And eventually there'll be another one. If the world continues, then there'll be another one that exceeds that. Just like uh, Babe Ruth in Home Runs. You know, records are made to be broken. So, having a record, you know, that is a viable strategic goal, but it's not, it doesn't rise to the reason for being. Being able, if you were going to ask someone at the end of life and say, what are you most, did you accomplish what you were planning on accomplishing? And a person say, well, and you open up a Guinness Book of World Records or something like that and saying, oh, well, I did this. I ate the most pancakes. And you did it. You didn't. But there's something that has, there's something more that we need than that. And for me, I realized that once I started getting rid of those things, and I still had that waste time wasting things, like I said, well, this isn't going to ha- help me achieve whatever goal I have, whether it's a short-term or long-term goal. Substitute tactical with strategic, with long-term goal being strategic and a short-term goal being short-term. I mean, being uh, tactical. You have to win in order... Uh, some theories go with, like, you got to win battles, tactical battles, in order to achieve strategic victory. But well, not... Necessarily, what if you were there just to bleed someone out? By, you know, you had, you ever play one of those games like uh, Risk, and you had all these armies? I mean, it's 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 a strategy game, and you're trying to take over the world, and sometimes you have a neighbor, you have to keep on attacking. And it's just by rolling dice you attack someone. You're just whittling them away, whittling away, whittling away. And it's death by a thousand cuts. But the person that you're attacking may be just losing pieces. But pieces they can't afford. And you might be just, you know, just because of the size of your conquest... You might be getting stronger each time, but you never win a battle, but in the end, you've reached your strategic goal. Much like in recent history, I could talk about um, Russia with Ukraine. When was your strategic um, goal was to uh, neutralize Ukraine, keep it away from the West, and reestablish a Russian empire or the old Soviet empire? So what do you do? What do you do? You attack Ukraine. Hope you can take over the capital, get rid of their government, put in a pro-Putin, uh, a pro-Russian government in. And that was their strategic goal. But they, they had not achieved any stepping stone to get closer to that goal at this point. They won, yes, they won some battles. I don't know if there's, um, I guess... The resistance in the Ukraine has restricted from uh, the Russians from making any substantial gains. Matter of fact, they actually pulled out of the north, so that's a loss there. And now they're going to be focused on the east. And, the, and they may have intended on keeping their eastern gains in the eastern part of the country that they had prior to the invasion, but they may lose all that. They may all, lose all that, even though they have, they may win battles, but they're losing the hearts and minds of the people in the East. So you got to be able to win the right tactical victories, too, and that's in life. Winning, let's say you're always con- contemplating either with your boss or your partner, you know, when I say partner, it could be a romantic partner, your work partner. Uh, Supervisor, you have a disagreement, and you have a goal. And your goal is to, let's say, increase profits for your company. And you have a disagreement with your partner, your business partner, or your supervisor, but you can go back and forth, back and forth. That's the tactical part of it. And you say, listen, we know if we, inter- if we can introduce this these uh, things into our work environment, this strategy will make us more profitable. But in order to do that, you got to shoot down your supervisor's ideas. Now, you could win that battle, right, but create animosity in the company. And with discourse and animosity within the company, those implementations of whatever you were going to do with the company... Let's say you were attempting to motivate uh, the workers' morale, increase morale. And you say, increase morale will change the way we interact with our customers and to change the way people interact with each other, which helps them be in the right state of mind to interact with their customers, give it a positive thing. We're going to to do that, and that's what we're going to achieve because we're heavily on customer service. Let's say you're AT&T, and you do shit. With customer service, because you do all these things that don't increase customer satisfaction, like no reception, drop calls, difficulties making changes and things or contacting the customer service or anybody that knows exactly what they're doing. And you say, well, listen, we're going to increase the morale of the people that are answering the phones and they're going to be able to deal with it and Uh, You get in an argument with your other vice president of, um, let's say, customer relations and the other ones of market development, and they're arguing with each other, and they say, well, no, we're going to keep on doing a thing where we deliver shitty service, but we're going to try to increase morale. Yeah, you won the morale argument. You say, listen, we're going to increase morale, but we're not going to do anything about the shitty service. You could be in the same boat. Because great customer service does not make for a great product sometimes. Right? The Yugo, the reason why their Yugo isn't around anymore. Or the no Alliance. There were two cars from the 80s that were pretty shitty. So aligning your short-term goals and your long-term strategy is very important. And I have had a hard time doing that I always pick these I have these short time I have divided interest I have my bartending job my fitness job where I'm a spin instructor and the podcast and I have my small notary business and the the notary business and the with uh, that I have includes things like wedding officiating, which you can do as a notary in Florida. And that's not my goal, is just to make a couple extra bucks there. That's my goal. It is not to have a thriving notary business. It is there to aid me in my other goal. My other goal is to make a successful podcast. Strategically, I'd like it to be a talk show. And have regular guests on it. And maybe maybe someday, I don't know, there could be a video compo- component. I hope it's not too long from now because I'm not getting any better looking. I'm getting older. I am trying to take care of myself. That's a strategic uh, goal of mine. That... But once I re- reach those things, let's say I wanted to have a, I wanted to have a band, I wanted to do this, and once I achieve those things, am I done? Once I achieve, if I achieve, am I finished? Because the, I I can really say, my biggest goal has been setting goals. And following through with them. And sticking to them. That's my strategy. My strategy is to be relentless in my resilience. To keep on coming back from shortfalls or things like that. The things that occur in life. You know, not everything in life is a walk in the park. And then when you do succeed... What do you do? In Western society, in the United States especially, retirement is seen as the pinnacle. The pinnacle of achievement. We spend a a lot of time talking on television about that. Retirement. Why do we want to retire? What's the goal with retirement? Leisure? Um. Yeah, I realize that people don't like their jobs, but why don't they like their jobs? Why does life have to be that way? There's nothing written out there that says you cannot like your job. And there are a certain amount of people out there that say, listen, that the idea of retirement does not really float their boat or excite them. I'm not looking for having empty days or having no reason to have to, you know, you know four or five days a week. i got to go and bartend, blah, blah, blah. Some of the days are 12 hours long. I like that. And the reason why I sent, like, one of the things, my fitness goal since 15 months ago when I had that operation in my body, I was, I was at my low point. You know, with stress, the operation, I wasn't working out as much. I was, and we all age, I understand that. There's no stopping age, there's no really slowing down. There's slowing down of the effects of it. I can do something about that, I can mitigate that somewhat by you know, doing strength, building exercises, strengthening my core and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, well, I want to be able to bartend for as long as I can. Because I know when I'm physically active, I'll be fine. I don't know what would happen to me. I'm fortunate to not have set up myself to be able to retire early. I don't know if I have enough interest yet on the side to be able to fill my day. Because I am a burgeoning couch potato. A champion couch potato. And I had elected to do nothing sometimes instead of doing things that would further my goals, my my strategic goals, such as having a successful podcast. Not spe- I haven't spent time learning how to edit my podcast. Hence doing the live show. And you know, I had two guys come in here They were working on it. I told them to come in and work. I didn't realize they were going to be a little louder than I expected. I didn't realize that I would get distracted so much by hearing other people's voices. I thought it was a little more focused than that. But, if I had six, you know, if I had put in the last five years I've been doing this podcast, it's five years this past week, I think. It was April 4th, 2017. If I had taken two hours a month to learn editing and soundboard and stuff like that, I would be so far advanced. I would have been known how to edit, how to put in music, how to put in special effects. Know how to record at a higher quality. So you wouldn't, you know, if you go into the back episodes, you say, boy, you can barely understand what he's saying. And there's a lot of interruptions. Well, I hurt my long-term strategy of making a popular podcast by the tactical victories of producing episodes. And some of those episodes being not so hot. And today, even today, my my goal today was to have a great episode. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about long-term goals, how to achieve it, what to, to do. How What do I need to do? I mean, it's very well I can give you advice, but am I taking it? And what are the effects here? I have to say that I had some monumental fuck-ups in my life things I did, behaviors I've had, substances I abused, lifestyles I adopted. You know, partying, drinking. Well, drinking is partying to me. I'm seeking short-term relationships. I mean, it was almost like when I was in my late 20s and through my 30s and stuff like that. When I wound up in a long term relationship, I was like, I ah, that was not my goal. That was not my goal. I was looking for a good time. I just wanted, you know, what what every party guy wants. I just wanna have I just want to meet as many women as possible and have a friendly relations with them. Not no need to go into detail because you know what friendly relations mean. But that did not serve my long-term goals. I didn't even think about it. So a lot of times I never considered, I considered the what, but I never considered the why. Why do I do these things? What is my goal? Why do I want to do that? What do, why, what do I want to do at the end? And what do I want the accomplishments to be at the end? See, for this podcast, just, just have reached several people. And maybe been sympathetic because, I mean, I don't hear as much of your concerns as I tell you about things I give you advice for. You not, may not even be asking for it. They say, Jim, I do, I have a pretty good idea what I'm doing. Well, I don't think you have that long-term, long-term of idea or strategic thinking, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But... I'm In the end, it would be like, oh, you know what? I feel, I feel as if you cared and then you wanted to do something and you wanted to be popular. In the end, I mean, I thought for a while I wanted to be popular. I wanted to get a good sponsor, uh, a good sponsor, a paying sponsor. But that's not necessarily my long-term goals. I like it when someone like my buddy Sean sends me emails every so often. I've never met him but he's been very supportive of the show and there's other people that have been supportive of the show and I've, I've met them and it's been nice when people say well no, I appreciate what you said or I disagree with what you said I have different thoughts on that which are both legitimate and both fine If in the end if this sparks a little interest in what your, the way life is I understand that and the way I started really thinking about it, Strategic thinking versus tactical was the how much I drank before. I mean, what was the goal of that in the end? Putting too much of a liquid I didn't need to have in my body. Right? Alcohol. And becoming inebriated multiple times. Multiple, hundreds, thousands of times. It served no purpose. At certain times in my life, I would consider and say, wow, how much money did I waste doing that? Smoking cigarettes, drinking booze. When you can't, I didn't really enjoy it. In the end, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the repercussions of my abuse of alcohol. But the one thing I can look back with some satisfaction was my ability to to leave it behind and look at it and say, it serves no purpose for me. It doesn't serve my long-term interests. It doesn't really serve my short-term interests because I know what happens eventually. This is where people, I try to, you know, I always explain to people that come into bars, say, listen, you're fine because you come in here, you have two, maybe three drinks maybe more, but you don't have long-term repercussions from it and stuff like that. I did. And I'm happy to walk away from that. So, that big thing, that one thing, not doing that, serves my purpose and gets me to the point where I can say, hey, I can actually think about creating strategies and Winning tactical battles, winning battles, small battles, by being physically fit, not having to worry about, you know, for me, when I'm in pain or uh, anything sore, it takes away from my thought process, the way I consider things. And The more I take care of the things I have to lay out the base, the strong base, the easier I can deal with the harder things in life. And that's worked for me. That's worked for me. I don't have any long-term goals of retirement right now. I don't see that as being a good thing for me with my old addictions and things like that but I I do appreciate maybe the idea of being able to do something else I do appreciate that and that's what it serves me I'm not doing something else means not doesn't mean not doing anything saying hey Jim well how about a life of leisure I, that's I don't think that's in the keys I never really I enjoy relaxation after toiling and after a certain re- amount of relaxation, I can't even really, I don't even really feel comfortable laying in bed more than eight, nine hours. I mean, even if I, if was, a, if I was able to get every night, get eight, 80 hours of sleep, that would be great. I don't think I could do much more than that because just physically how I am, I just start getting sore. My back gets sore when I lay in bed. So that's actually something that serves me. But but all those things that uh having be able to consider what I have to do to achieve this that, those things would not come to me right now while I'm while I had those other problems. So I think that my my strategy after I was addicted was to be sober. That was my strategic goal every day. Intact. Every day was Every day was the short-term goal. Every day was to be sober. To to string a bunch of those short-term goals together to have a lifetime of sobriety. I can't guarantee that. But that works. But it's, and that giving that opportunity, being able to do that, gives me other opportunities. That I don't think I would have had before. I'm very thankful for you. uh, for listening, and you too, (laughs) for maybe all four of you for listening. I do appreciate it. Have a great day. I will be back. I'll try to be back tomorrow. Bye.
0: to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.